Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. Hey guys, it's Alana. And Jonah. And welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. People. Jonah, what's up? Yo, uh, not too much. Got a tie-dye shirt on because I'm excited for our guests. Uh, quick personal tidbit. I actually wanted to just tell you something funny. So, you Are know you how you tell sh- them that you met your wife? Um, listeners, I have met the one. I'm not kidding. And Even I'm though not- he wasn't looking for anything and didn't want a relationship looking- and loves being single right now. I love being single. Wife? And then I went on a date with this lovely lady and I'm like fully in love with her. And I canceled all my other dates and I'm just like, I just like her a lot. And it's crazy. I was not, it, it's, guys, it's insane. There's no games, there's great communication. We're going to get into that. That's actually not what I was going to talk about because, you know, I, I, had know. To, I we had we have to come in hot, you know, we have to come in hot. I was going to talk about let me just pull up the exact words. So on Instagram yesterday on our story, where's Rachel, my friend, Rachel, um, on our story, we so sorry, let me just find it. OK, here it is. So on our story yesterday, we had a great tweet. The tweet um, was if you like somebody. Let them know. What is it? Here if it is. If you like someone, let them know. If you don't like someone, let them know. It could so, really be that simple. She DMs me back because I posted that on my on my story. She goes, this I would have really appreciated. And I go, whoa, with us? And she goes, you ignored my text. Not nice. And I go, lol, Rachel, you have ignored 99% of my text to you. And... Yes, you texted me over the weekend to try to set me up with your friend, even though her and I were like romantically involved. (laughs) And I didn't really respond because I was busy. But I was like, please do me a favor and go look at our entire texting thread when I, in the late summer, early fall, was making it very clear to you that like I was trying to hang out. And she goes, oh my God, you're right. I completely did that. I'm so sorry. You know, I should have told you, wow, that was not nice. Like a massive apology. Like really, but like, I, I love Rachel. Rachel's really cool. We're totally amical. I was like laughing when she sent me that. I was like, this is funny because this is someone who literally didn't respond to a message I sent her. And I didn't think she was doing it maliciously. That's but hilarious. like, the lesson is, I'm so convinced that we all have absolutely no idea, an actual perception of who we actually are in our yep. communication. Goes well, down it's to so funny because we were hold on we were recording an episode. Was this yesterday with uh, Mostly Balanced? We were recording an episode with the Mostly Balanced podcast girls, and they are wonderful. Definitely go check them out. And we were talking about how there are people that have hurt us, but we never stop and think about who we've hurt, which is crazy because we always think about like the person who broke our heart or the person who ghosted us or who made us feel so anxious. And we, I feel like we always just think about that, but we've never actually taken the time to reflect and think like, well, we've definitely done that to people too. Oh, I think about it all the time. I constantly think about how I make people feel. That's, that's, that's like the difference. I think that might be a, that might be like a, a gender thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just a. Well, I no, I always do in the moment, but now like, I don't know. I, I feel like we're always placing blame on other people. Yeah, and 100%. not taking responsibility for what we've done. Like I've gotten called out on ghosting people when I'm posting content about not ghosting. And I'm like, I 100% did not mean to ghost you. And I'm so sorry if I did that. Like I. That's the point, 100%. Yeah. And that's why when she messaged me, I was like, this is the thing. We all think we're not the one to do the ghosting. Yeah. And it's like, thank God we have a paper trail because it's like, this is, what are the facts? Right. And the facts always, you know, the, the, the texts don't lie. Yeah. So... That was my fun bit for you. What's going on in your personal life? 
Not too much. I am not in New York right now. I'm actually visiting family in Florida, which is lovely, though. Everyone's like, oh my God, like what's Florida like? I'm so jealous. I'm like, Florida is the, Florida Alana is the exact same as New York Alana. Like I woke up this morning and I colored for two hours and then Mm. I did work. And then like last night I went to bed watching One Tree Hill. I'm not doing anything different at all. It's just (laughs) nice out. Um, In my dating life, I actually have my first virtual date planned, which is crazy. First virtual date? You haven't had a virtual date I haven't done a video chat date in all of quarantine. Who's Um, it with? It's with this guy and he, he actually listens. So shout out, you, you know who you are. Um, he, and I have been DMing for like the last many months. Um, he's a friend of a friend who lives in London, but we didn't connect through the friend of a friend. We connected because of it was dating sucks at the time. And so we've just been talking for a while and, um, he asked me out on a FaceTime date and I was like, let's do it. Will he ever be in on the East coast? I, he was like supposed to come visit a few times, but obviously kept getting pushed back because of quarantine. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. In other news, we have a very exciting episode coming up. As you all know, we are now officially sponsored. Uh, Seeing Other People is officially presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. And if you go to mindsetwellnesscbd.com and use the code Seeing Other People, you'll get 10% off and free shipping. And Their products are amazing. The whole point is really to choose your mindset. We are bringing on John and Renee, the founders and husband and wife um, who created Mindset Wellness CBD because, I mean, from from talking to them, we were just so inspired by everything they had to say. And we were fascinated that they have a business together as people who are married. We'll get. We'll let you guys enjoy this. Check it out. We're in the episode. We're with John and Renee, founders of Mindset Wellness CBD, uh, and also the first official sponsor of Seeing Other People. So there's a lot of connection. Yeah. Honor, by the way, thank you so much for including us. Yes, thank you, thank you. Very excited but, about this. Thank you, guys. I've actually had a couple of friends who you know have used our code Seeing Other People uh, at CBD Mindset Wellness or MindsetWellnessCBD.com, and. They are very excited to get their gummies. So, you know, I'm actually I'm going to the beach with a friend right after this. And she was like, you better bring me some of each kind. I want to try them all. And I'm like, fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love to hear that. That's fantastic. Yes. I love to hear that you're going to the beach. (laughs) Yes. Alana, you do look tan. If you you people are watching our YouTube video, Alana, you can see Alana does look a little tan. I got a really bad sunburn my first day here. And I put sunscreen on SPF 50. I put it on twice. And I got a really bad sunburn and I couldn't tell my mom because she'd be upset with me. I also mm. got stung by a jellyfish on my foot. It was oh a rough God. experience, uh, yeah. but we're, we're back. We're good now. I'm going back outside today. I've, I've given myself like a five-day break from the sun. Wait, did you get our vitamin C cream? Because our vitamin C cream is amazing for sunburn. Not even kidding. Like it's amazing. For oh my God. <laughs> That's true. That's why I love it. Okay. I know what I'm doing right after this. <laughs> Alana, there you go. Get, go get some more sun. Get, yeah, yeah. Don't be right. afraid now. Um, gather yourself in the vitamin C and then just go out there. No, after. Use the vitamin <laughs> C after. After. <laughs> so John and Renee, uh, we're very excited to have you on. We're going to get into what it's like to have a company together and be together and how you started this company. I think the first question we like to ask our, our guests though is, just tell us the story of how you met. Okay. Do you want to go? Or? Well, I'll start. Okay. <laughs> so, because we, we kind of tell it differently, I feel like. Um, What's your so, Yeah. So we met in the city. <laughs> um, we had friends in common. Um, I lived on 22nd and Lex. And there were girls who lived upstairs from me. And I walk into their apartment one day and there was John just hanging out. And there was a box of Walls cookies. <laughs> That's a bakery in our town, in my town. So I was like, ooh, Walls, <laughs> can I have a cookie? And John said, no, absolutely not. They're Kim's. <laughs> and that was it. He got my okay. attention. <laughs> okay. So that's Renee's version of the story. Let me tell you what really happened. Oh, my God. Happened. Okay. Oh, my God. Really Let me take you okay. back. It's 1990. <laughs> I am six months out of high school, Lawrence High School, baby, Mean Streets. And I decide I'm going to become a white rapper. I'm going to go into the music business. I'm going to change my name to John Saint from John Shapiro. And I'm going to do three things. One is I'm going to become rich. Mm-hmm. Two is I'm going to become wait, wait, famous. Wait, wait, why, why not John Shapiro? I don't know. It just, you know, the vibe, it was just, I, 
to be honest with you, I really wasn't happy with who I was and I was recreating myself. If you want to know the, the, the actual deep part of it, but that's only through many years of figuring that out. But at the time, as I said, I was looking to get rich, famous and lose my virginity. So those are the three <laughs> things that I was looking for out of my career. And uh, so off I go to the city. I sign my first management deal. We're shopping a record deal. And we have I have these two friends living on 22nd and Lex. And upstairs from them is this girl, Renee. And she's got two roommates. One's named Tabitha and one's named Kelly. Ask me Tabitha's last name. I don't know her last name, but ask me Kelly's last name. Kelly Ripa. That's a true story. So Kelly Ripa is living Shut with up. Renee. Yeah. Yeah. So she's hasn't made it big but yet. she's... She's just a girl from New Jersey who happened to be friends with my roommate and she came to stay with us for a few months because she was doing stuff at the toy show. Whatever. That's not the point of the story. Right. <laughs> anyway, so it was interesting. So anyway, I'm with Pam and Renee. I'm with Pam and Kim and we're in the I'm in the apartment and I'm crashing there. They have a studio and all these kids are just in the studio. So we have a mattress on the floor and I'm crashing there because, it's you know, I'm going to become so the next small. white rapper. It's tiny. And at four in the morning, there's a knock on the door. And it's Renee and she's like trashed. And she's like, there was a big fight in my apartment and there's glass everywhere. I, I need to crash. I need, you know, I need some place to sleep. <laughs> Next thing I know, the most fucking beautiful girl I'd ever seen. Now, let me set the mood again. I'm 19. I'm about five, nine, 140 pounds with a little tail and like a vanilla ice haircut. And Renee is 21, oh two God. years older than me, three grades older, which is very Renee, provocative. Um, <laughs> And Renee is actually the most, I mean, she was just so stunning. So she was working retail and she signed to Petite Elite. She was doing a little modeling. And I was just, I couldn't believe that the most beautiful girl on the planet was sleeping next to me suddenly at four in the morning. And so I was wide awake and I was like, I don't want to let her know that I know. I don't want to let her know that I'm sensing something. So I'm keep inching and she's inching closer to me and I'm inching more <laughs> and she's inching closer. And slowly but surely I'm like off this mattress and the next thing I know, two weeks later, I don't know exactly what happened. She was very persistent. I was very shy, but we ended up living together. Uh, I <laughs> grabbed her and I took her back to Lawrence. We were living, I was living at my dad's apartment and I took her back to Lawrence with me and we started our life together. And that's sort of what had happened. And I think pretty much early on, I, I said, I'm going to marry you. I'm going to live with you for the rest of my life. We're going to have kids and a happy life. And you were like, yeah, that makes sense. And then we just did it. <laughs> Yeah, true story. <laughs> okay, hold wow. hold on. That was my incredible. face hurts from smiling yeah, so that's, much. Yeah, that's a, a really amazing. So, so correct me if I'm wrong here. But there were no games of like who should text who and who's going to call. There was who no texting. There was very simple. Very simple game. I was painfully, incredibly shy. Renee was incredibly confident, and she kept making the move. I kept running away. And finally I said, what am I ridiculous? I deserve happiness. Why am I doing this to myself? Why am I torturing myself? Give myself happiness. Enjoy it. Yeah. And that was it. Once I gave in and that was it, but she was persistent. Most, most girls would not have consistently kept, you know, kept up. Yeah. So to... Renee, what made you be so persistent, especially when John was like pulling back and being shy? Like why John? Um, I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Like it was just a, so it was just a it was feeling. Like a couple of weeks of like, there was no texting. We didn't even we didn't have cell phones. There was nothing that you could communicate. Yeah. So basically, if I wasn't in my apartment, I wouldn't know if someone called me. Like you just, I mean, there were answering machines, but who listened to them? Um, and I guess I just kept being around, and I noticed he kept being around. So we both kept being around. So you know when you get that vibe, I got a vibe. I knew there was a vibe. And mm. I don't know, my heart, I was listening to my heart and not my head. Like sometimes, you know, you, your head can convince you into stories and create story. I didn't know it at the time, but like, I really was listening to my heart and oh. I got a strong vibe and Kim, um, my friend and our mutual friend, I asked her and she was like, no, John's a nice kid. No, I don't know. Maybe like, she wasn't sure. No one was giving me any answers. Yeah, it, was, it was really nice of her. Thank yeah, you. For no, none of our friends were helping out in this. <laughs> and one day we went back um, to the island. I went to Kim's house and John was like, oh, I'll drive you guys back to the city the next morning. And then he calls that night and he's like, oh, I'm not going back to the city. I'm not driving either of you back. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm like, Kim, forget it. I'm done with this. I'm not even going to think about it anymore. And then what happens? That morning, 
I'm going to drive you back to the city. <laughs> so he kept playing this game wow. where he would like give a little, take away a little, give a little. And, but as soon as I was like ready to give up and say no, then he was like, now, it seemed like a lot of strategy. It was just overwhelming anxiety. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to deal with it. No, it wasn't right. intentional. You weren't trying. Oh, God, no. And all I wanted to do was tell her I loved her. I, I, that's all I wanted to do. And I was just, I wow. just couldn't, you know, I was wow. just so stuck in my own, my own pattern of what I was used to and, and constantly pushing people away that I, I didn't know how else to react. But So I made the move that how, night. How, how old were you guys? How old were you guys when 19. that was, you know, when it was like just solidifying? So, uh, it was, I was 19. Uh, Renee was 21. Yeah. And then we got, got married. That was when you guys were just was like, we know. Renee yeah. was it was that. I'm sorry, John. No, no, you're right. That was, that was my question. I was like, when did you oh, yeah. so then, you know, tie the uh, knot? You know, so basically we thought, at least I thought, I was like, listen, we're going to get married anyway what a great idea. Like we can maybe make some money and like an apartment <laughs> and like, you know, cause people pay, you know, usually give you money for your, for your wedding and stuff. What a, what a great concept. Uh, so yeah, we were living on your grandma's floor on like a pullout mattress for a while. Um, and so I was like, we really got to get a place of our own. And I figured a wedding made perfect sense. And of course no one gave us any money. So that of course didn't work out very well. Uh, um, but yeah, so I was actually, it was a month into my legal drinking age at my wedding. It's true. I had just turned 21. Wow. What time. better way? Yeah. Thank you so much. To, Thank you so much. Start using that. Yeah. And I, I wrapped it. Um, so that was really. So, oh. so take us through that transition from getting married and, and starting your life together to actually deciding to go into business together. So basically, uh, the music industry collapses basically at one point. Napster comes around. People don't know how to monetize downloads yet. And so I'm shopping what is probably the best work I'd ever done. It was my 10 years in the business. I was working with some really incredible people. My album was unbelievable. And then everybody was like, John, forget it for at least a year. You're going to have to go on the road and just tour and figure something out. And I was like, I can't do this. Renee was pregnant. And I was like, I got to figure something out because I can't do this. And uh, Renee had started a small concession uh, called Beautiful Baby. And she was selling baby clothes with a partner. And I had this vision for the business. And I bought her partner out. Her partner was very happy to get out of the business. And we turned it from Beautiful Baby into Beautiful Kids. Into Beautiful Girl. And then Beautiful Kids evolved into Beautiful Girl. And before you know it, we were in business together. And we were the sort of the it boutique in on the South Shore. And we ended up really finding our groove that together we were just incredibly powerful together and that we were creating all of this amazing, just this, this business that was natural and organic and, and just felt so right. And it was our, fun. It was really fun. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a ton of fun. We, we broke the labels wow. at Hardy on Long Island and uh, Solo and Da Nang and all those, those amazing labels that uh, I think a lot of uh, people grew up with and, and, it was an incredible, exciting time. And, and we made a lot of money and we spent a lot of money very stupidly. And, you know, uh, we learned a lot of things. Um, we were growing together. Like we really were growing together and working together made but, us happy. It seemed natural. Right. But that's, you know, listen, that's that's the rosy part of it. The, the, the other part of it was that I was dealing with anxiety and mental illness uh, from the moment we met. And so Renee and her ability to either take the time to care or to not leave when things got tough so many times, this is before we even had kids. Uh, you know, it was just incredible. I, I still don't understand so many of the reasons why she, she decided to stay with me. It's not that I was terrible. I just was so unhappy. I, loved you. I, love I was you. <laughs> so, I was so filled with so much fear all the time and I was making her life so difficult. Um, and yet she, she was there. And, uh, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> And so Beautiful Girl was rocking and rolling and we were doing really well. And then 2008 came and the big recession came and this huge, gigantic wave started to approach us. And we had a couple of choices and it was like, OK, are we going to get eaten whole by this wave or are we going to grab a surfboard and we're going to figure out how to ride the wave? Um, and thank God, mm. you know, I pulled from the quantum field and I started to build it and mixology 
just started to form in my head. And I saw a vision of a fast fashion boutique where you'd get incredible customer service. And then within that boutique, we would have our own brands and those brands would represent different categories. And I saw it all. Then it was a matter of just actually going and building it. And Renee and I, obviously Renee was the best retailer I'd ever met in my entire life. The, the most incredible salesperson I had ever met. And uh, it was just magic. The combination of what I had brought from the music business, what I had brought from Beautiful Girl and what we brought now to Mixology. And it was just magic. And we gambled on a concept and it worked. I mean, we didn't take salaries for the first year. I mean, we were that, you know, we were that invested in the belief of what this business was going to do. But then it became so much as, you know, we were just working and working and well, there was no balance. The- there was no balance between our home life and our work life because we lived together. We worked together. Everything was constant. It was a constant, you know, everything was the business, you know, the way that the business was successful was because we were all in, but at the same time, it was very, very stressful on us personally because there's no respite. There, there's no break. Mm-hmm. Um, and Renee yeah, is- we, we felt, we started to get lost. Like we lost ourselves. We really, the magic, it didn't feel magical anymore. It wasn't fun anymore. We were bringing everything home with us. I couldn't run it uh, from a location. We had to have a central office. And so once I moved into an office, Renee and I separated. And she was on, you know, still on in in retail and obviously buying capacity. And I was in a, a corporate capacity, a position that a I didn't love because I'm not a corporate person. I'm a creator by nature. And second of all, uh, there's just that magic of us being together. You know, we, we like to call ourselves happily codependent. Um, you know, that that's how we like to we like to, <laughs> like to phrase it. But you know, ultimately, I think that in 2018. Um, we were at the height of our retail success. I had opened personally four locations that year. Um, and I was just filled with anxiety and I was overweight and I was angry and I was frustrated. And wow. it was just, we were not having a good time. And that's when someone introduced me to CBD. And that's when things began to radically change. And we began to make some significant changes and we we chose our mindset and that's what happened. So basically in in 2018, an employee gave me CBD. Uh, I had no uh, desire for, uh, to try CBD. Like a lot of people, I had seen CBD at gas stations and convenience stores and uh, didn't think it was anything. I was not interested in cannabis. Uh, I was the straightest person on the planet in the sense of I was a control freak because of my anxiety. And so I didn't drink. I didn't do anything. And I was, Oh no, the connection dropped for a second. But here is an interesting moment between Jonah and Alana. So, have you seen your wife again yet? She's in LA for three weeks. Oh, fuck. Right. Right. I'm so sorry. No, it's good. I think distance is going to be good for us. Yeah. Already. <laughs> I mean, it, it creates that sense of like, can't wait till you come back kind of thing. Um... So 2018... Uh, an employee is selling, uh, an employee has like uh, their husband selling CBD. And of course, like I always would for every employee, I would buy whatever they're selling. And uh, I had no desire to try CBD. Uh, I was the straightest uh, person in our, our group of friends and everyone loved me p- for that because I was the designated driver all the time. <laughs> um, and uh, But I was suffering terribly with the anxiety and I had gone to shrinks. I had actually been hospitalized and I had been on a lot of pharmaceuticals and I just couldn't find relief. And then something insane happened. The CBD wasn't like a lightning bolt. It was like a slow, gradual rebalancing. And it was like, imagine you're wearing a hundred sweaters and then every day you take a sweater off and that's how it was. And it was this incredible thing. And as my mind and my body became more balanced because of the CBD, I started to become very more aligned with what it is that I thought about doing. And then my days became very engrossed in trying to understand how was I feeling the way I was feeling? How was I getting this relief? And I went into these deep dives into understanding what CBD was, how it was affecting me. And I was just shocked. I mean, the marketing was so terrible. This thing is brilliant. Like it's a biohack that is so simple and so incredible. And people are just dropping the ball on how to explain this to people. Uh, It's natural. It's just made in a hemp plant. It's nothing. It's a molecule. 
and it has such wonderful wellness benefits all naturally. And it was having such this incredible effect. I said, I don't want to dress people. I don't want to dress people anymore. I want to help people. I want to heal people. I, I, how can I be interested in, 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 you know, in, in, in skirts and and sweaters? I, I didn't care anymore. All I cared about was getting this message out. Um, and what I found was, and I did, as I did more deeper dives into CBD, I figured out, you know, that it's really not CBD that's, that's affecting you. It's, you have an endocannabinoid system. It's basically a system in your body that's job is to regulate your other systems, right? That makes perfect sense. So if you have systems, digestive system, circulatory system, you need a system that's going to keep that in balance or homeostasis. And so you have in you endocannabinoids. The number one is anatomide. And what that does is it's called the bliss molecule. And that's true. And I'm like, wait, this thing's called the bliss molecule. And this isn't being taught about. And like, no one's talking about this. Like, how are they not discussing the bliss molecule? It's incredible. So when you get a runner's high, it's actually this bliss molecule, not endorphins. And all CBD does is it optimizes that system. It doesn't actually react with any of the receptors. It just optimizes. It's like putting premium gas in your tank. And suddenly when your system's optimized, well, what happens? You find yourself in homeostasis. So what's not in homeostasis? Well, anxiety. Being anxious is not balanced. So of course, your endocannabinoid system is trying to balance that. Being in pain is not balanced. Being uh, Having inflammation is not balanced. So it's by a secondary nature that CBD is just optimizing what we already have inside us. And it's the easiest biohack on the planet. And of course, um, when I tried different CBDs, uh, different CBD companies, I had varying results. And it was only until we decided to build our own company that I knew I was going to get a product that was going to consistently deliver not only the results I wanted, the entourage effect I wanted, but it was going the to taste, be the taste. the taste, the cleanliness in terms of what's in there. But it was something I was going to give my wife, I was going to give my kids, and I was going to give my friends. And hmm. If you start with that basic concept, you want to help people, you want to make a product that's going to actually change and, and, and relieve what people are going through, especially now. I mean, how could you not but, do that? But we didn't know that at the time. It was 2018. And John's like, okay, we can't do this life anymore. We have to do this life. And I was like, okay, let's do it. How did you know, like after going through such a rough patch where the like business was just taking over and there was no separation and like you had to take everything home with you. What made you confident that you guys could start another company together and, and have that fit into your lives in a healthier way? So we were to the point where we just really were unhappy. Like we were unhappy and it was like, not that there wasn't another choice because there, there's always a choice, but for our own well-being, we just wanted to take a chance. And whenever we do put our minds to something and our hearts are in it and we really believe in it, we know we could make magic. We knew we could do it again. Like, that's just I it. mean, that's that's that was Renee's confidence. And by the way, her confidence is what guided us through this incredible time. You know, obviously, I didn't know. I had no idea. I, I didn't know anything. All I knew is, is that I, I felt so aligned and so empowered by this product and so empowered by what I was figuring out about this product and what I wanted to do that I didn't see another choice. Now, we had worked very hard to get to the top of New York retail uh, and to walk away from that overnight, you know, to walk away from that just without any guarantees is, you know, it definitely takes a specific mindset. Uh, the fact that we are on this podcast with you now and the last five months have been a dream uh is that proof that we were right? I don't know. Uh, it, but it says that if you put your heart into something and you do it wholeheartedly and you do it honestly, and you do it authentically, you never know what could happen. Good things can happen. Right. And it's, Good things can yeah, happen. Yeah, it's true. Good things can happen. I, I agree. I agree with that completely. And a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs in their own right. Everyone's kind of got their own thing that they're doing and working on. And a lot of it is tied to dating. And I guess one of the questions echoing off of Alana said, so what is our thesis on work-life balance? Like, you know, what is the, is the solution just that you have to embrace both of them and just kind of go with it? Or did you guys say, you know what, at 9 p.m., we don't talk about um, clothes or CBD anymore. We talk about our feelings. Or, like, or you know, what, what was the solution to that? 
So the great thing about the pandemic, one of the one of the the, the good things is it's actually helped us to form better habits and to realize that we need to make time for or it you know for relaxation and time to just like you know do what makes us happy for us and not for the business um it it's always been a struggle being married and being in business together um but really being home and working uh, creating from home and and having this business from our home has made it be like okay so now in the middle of the day if i want to go take a walk it's totally okay like it's okay to go take a walk in the middle of the day it's okay to you know go out and you know go shopping whatever as long as i'm doing things that i'm supposed to be doing we and i have to remind john because he tends to like keep going and going well, and going you know we we use a phrase very often it's called you know tell yourself a good story because you're going to tell yourself a story regardless of what it is. And so the story I was telling myself constantly was that if I don't grind out, my business is going to be successful. And Renee kept telling me, no, rest is productive. Okay. Rest, relax, sharpen the ax. Don't just keep grinding and grinding and grinding it out because I thought that that was the only way that I was going to be successful, right? That's what you see on, on television. And, you know, everybody's, you know, working and they're in this, this environment. And then suddenly we were forced uh, and I was a year, by the way, a year before the pandemic happened, I was I was home because I had exited mixology in 2019 uh, and was putting together pitch decks and ideas and didn't really have everything that I wanted put together yet. And so I had this really weird experience of being home while everyone else was experiencing their world. And then the pandemic happened and suddenly everybody was home too. And so <laughs> we had a head start. <laughs> so we had a head start. We also had, yeah. we also had this we also had this innate ability again to have weathered a couple of storms. So we sort of knew that we had the tools necessary to weather this one. Um, but I think yeah, that in terms I of, but more, most importantly, Renee needs all the credit in the world because I complained and I whined <laughs> and I fretted and I, you know, as much as CBD as I was taking, I still, the change of leaving a business that I built 150 employees, all the interaction that that involves, and then going to nothing to start 100% from scratch, there's a very strange kind of transformation that has to take place in you and your mindset. And Renee was so excited and so passionate and, and with the meditation and the affirmation and all these things that were so, she was lighting me up and I was just dragging my ass and I was just like, oh, 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 I don't you know, are. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Because I wanted, I wanted certainty. I wanted that certainty. And you were like, just trust in the universe. And <laughs> as soon as I trusted, it all just opened up and mindset happened. And suddenly we were in the middle of a pandemic and we ripped up the pitch decks and we said, forget it. We don't need investors. We don't need anything. We're going to figure this out. We're going to do this us. And we're just going to do this. And then wow. everything started to come together naturally. And all these people started to come into our lives, just these wonderful people, you guys included. And it's just all been just exactly as the universe has prepared us for. It's true. And that was, and, and by the way, I, that was all because of Renee, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree with that mentality more that when you ditch the idea that you need to rely on like a bunch of things for your happiness to be found. It's I really I relate to this a lot because I actually had a complete mental breakdown on Friday <laughs> because my film has been in this limbo with this film festival. And when we set out to make the movie, I was in LA for 10 years trying to make a movie, uh, pitching it to different people, trying to raise the money, the whole thing. But I didn't really know what to, I was doing. And then one day I was like, what am I fucking doing for 10 years? Let me just go make it. Let me pick a start date and let me just say I'm making it, start making it, talk about making it. And then, like you said, it just once you start to develop the creative, like meet with cinematographers, you know, as you would do, probably like figure out the chemicals need. Like once you just start to make it real, it becomes yeah. real, and you meet people, and they tell, they talk about you introduce them to people, they introduce you to people, and then now I, that's how I got the movie made. And so my me mental breakdown on Friday, this is before the CBD gummies had arrived, <laughs> so I didn't have those to rely on yet. But my mental breakdown was that I was not in control of my creative life, and then I was like, go back to what you love doing set a date you're gonna go make it manifest it yeah. and i've been doing great since last friday yeah, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> We're um and it's also the same thing that we did with this podcast second season and even the first season was what can we control um so i, I completely love hearing that and it's really awesome to see it in practice and be part of your your guys's journey with that um 
I was going to just say, you know, it doesn't sound like this is something that happens, but when it does, what do you guys combat? You know, whenever you, when you doubt, sometimes we all wake up and we doubt ourselves. You wake up and you're like, am I doing something that's stupid? And what is, what is, I feel like you guys have done such a great job of just like building each other up. Is there something that's like, Hey, once a week, I've heard you say this, snap out of it. And it's over. Like, do you guys kind of, what do you guys do when that when So that don't tell yourself that story. Right. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah. That is like a constant in our home. My kids like are so annoyed yeah. with it already. But it's true. <laughs> You're constantly telling yourself a story. You wake up telling yourself stories. This could go wrong. That could happen. That, that. And then if you just stop right. for two seconds, take a couple of breaths and say, don't tell yourself that story. It's not true. Like, <laughs> Oh, I like that. I, I, my I friends like and I have started to do this a bit because obviously like it, it's really hard dating in general and dating right now. And we're always like, why are we single? Like we're, we're just going to be single forever. Like we're never going to find someone. And then we're like, and one of us will correct the other and be like, no, like we're single right now. We just haven't found our person yet. We've been spending time like making ourselves happy and prioritizing our mental health and our happiness. And it, it's hard, but it, it definitely helps when, cause it, you can look at something however way you want, yes. but at the end of the day, that, and that's going to, you're going to believe the story that you write. So you have to choose your mindset. So Exactly. So it's choosing to tell yourself a better story. If you're going to tell yourself a story, make it a better one. Like, yeah. you know, just going back to when John and I met, I, of course I had doubts in my head and, and I could start to tell myself, oh, well, he's not into me. He's not that into me. And then I've, I remember, and not consciously, but I guess I must have said, oh, don't tell yourself that story. <laughs> I didn't say it then, but it must have been in my head. It must have always been in me. And now it's really out. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, talking about dating for a second, because it is this is a dating program. Um, I cannot, you know, I check her health all the time because I can't imagine... <laughs> What my life would be like, ha- you know, if Renee wasn't there, okay. I would be. That's like a what is. It's a morbid. It's a morbid thought. It's a morbid thought. I know, but I, you know, you, you, I think these things. I'd be so alone. Don't tell yourself that story. <laughs> um, I was well, going to say off of that. You guys are parents. Have your kids started dating yet? And if so, what do you make of? their dating life as of 2021 so we're like their their privacy we have to respect their privacy but we have a daughter who is 24 um who is single (laughs) um and yeah i dating for her right now i can't imagine that for any of you for for that age is you know it's got to be more challenging than just but the apps i guess i don't know my son who's 20 he's in college so i think that it might be a little bit easier for that age because you are in college and and then we have a 15 year old in high school so he's not in the dating scene yet or at least that we know of <laughs> what if you had to give one piece of advice about dating or relationships or love to each of them what would that be go with your heart do what makes you happy um yeah, uh, just, you know, just love openly, love honestly, love as, as freely as you can and, and realize that, uh, you know, the moments are, are, are special that you have when you can tell your wife, I love you. Like, this is a moment. So I love you. I'm telling the world I love you. Tell the world how you feel about that person. Tell them. Let that feeling be known. Send that energy out. And that's the best way I can tell you. Love, live, love, love openly. Yeah. And another thing is, um, I think that is really a challenge for some people is to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Like, I feel like allowing yourself to be vulnerable is so, so important because everyone has these like guards up and these walls up and that's not going to let anything in. You have to be open to allow love to come into your life. Yeah. Listen, I it, I can't imagine what you guys are facing. It seems very daunting to me. <laughs> it's not that daunting. <laughs> it can. I'm it on John's side. It's very daunting. It can it's get un- overwhelming. Yeah, just- yeah, it can get. Well, hopefully it's overwhelming because our podcast is the reason it exists is to help navigate. Right, yeah. So you know, the easier it was, the less podcast listeners we would have. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you a funny story. I have, I have one more question that I'm dying to ask, just because I know John, you talked you talked about your anxiety and how. Renee always helped you through it. 
And I know obviously just coming along with dating, a lot of our listeners, myself included, have a lot of anxiety specifically when it comes to dating. And I think a big fear for us is not knowing if somebody's going to stick by our side through it. So Renee, I'm wondering like in those moments and throughout those years and just whenever John was struggling, what was going through your mind and what did you really do to like help get him through it? Um, I think, you know, I, I truly love him. So when you love someone, you know, okay. So when John went to his first, um, psychiatrist, we went and I don't know, we were in our early twenties, um, probably around like 24 or something. And she said to me, she sat me down and she said, listen, you guys love each other. Um, if John had cancer, would you leave him? And I said, no, of course not. She goes, okay, so mental health, mental illness, mental is a disease. So you have to look at it as a disease, having anxiety, having depression, having all their diseases. So you want to be there for your, you know, you love him. You want to be there for him. And that's what it is. So that's how I, it just shifted my whole mindset of what was going on. Like I wasn't angry at him anymore. I wasn't you know, it, it really, what she said was so, meant so much and really, really. Yeah, I still don't understand why she's here. But listen, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. <laughs> He's a uh, lot of good things too. <laughs> me, like, <laughs> he dances really good. Well, you guys are filled with wisdom. And one of the things we love about this show is that we have a lot of people that write into us asking for advice and to just talk about their dating life. And we were hoping that you guys could help us with some of our listener questions um, that have written in. Uh, Lana, I'll take the first one. Okay. I've been talking with a girl nearly every day for 10 months now, but we've only seen each other twice so far. She's very interested, but is dealing with a lot. And we live about an hour away from each other. The pandemic has not helped. Do you think that this is worth continuing if there is a great connection? We're on the same page in so many ways. It's just hard when plans don't work out. That's been my experience for a while, and I can't seem to find anyone who isn't an endless pen pal. I don't know what to do. What's your suggestion? Um, yeah, no, I think if you really are, you have a lot in common, why not continue? Like, I think that that's a good idea. I mean, listen, I would, I would say that it's, you give it to the universe. Like we give everything else to the universe, you know, go with your heart. If your heart is telling you to, to follow this because you really feel there's a connection then, then go for it. But if you're doing it because you don't want to be alone or you're filling right. time or you're, you, 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 you need that constant interaction, then obviously you need to, to question whether or not you're trying to make something happen that isn't supposed to happen. You know? Yeah. I think it's also, it's worth having a very open and honest conversation and be like, I love talking to you. I want to see you. I know it's not easy. I know you have a lot going on and we don't live close, but do you like, would you be open to making a plan for sometime in the next month and let's put mm. something on the calendar I love that. and then you're really going to get an answer and you're not just going to be sitting there being like, okay, I'm going to talk to them for another four months and then maybe they'll, they'll ask to see me. Like obviously there is a connection there and, and you want to figure out what's really going on. That's very smart. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah, really I agree with all everyone's I, no I, I probably wouldn't take my own advice. <laughs> it is good well, advice. Uh, we know, we know <laughs> that's, that's correct. <laughs> um, great. All right. I'll take the next one. Um, if I'm about to introduce my boyfriend to my friends, should I let him know that I have history with one of those friends? If so, how much should I reveal? <laughs> That's Jeez. a good question. So I actually have, I just found out that I was a part of a similar situation where one of my like closest guy friends has been dating a girl for the past year. I've seen him once in the past year. We used to talk for years. We would talk every single day. We would hang out like at least every few weeks, uh, knew each other, like all of each other's friends. And he got this girlfriend and basically like disappeared. And they recently broke up and they're working towards maybe getting back together. And I was, he, as soon as they broke up, he came to me and like to kind of lean on me. And he told me, he was like, well, if we do get back together, one of the things that needs to be addressed is 
mine and yours friendship and our history because yeah, it's really fucked up that I just went the entire year not talking to you, but I felt like I could never bring you up into conversation or invite you when she was around because of our history. And I didn't know how to fully be honest with her about that. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, like we're, you were one of my best friends and you just, just disappeared and that really sucked. And I didn't know that he like felt, he, he literally told me he felt like he was doing something wrong when he would talk to me. Wow. Mm. So I am all for like, be open and, and tell them like, it's fine that you have history. We all have history before we met someone. And it's also just, it opens up that trust to say like, I am trusting you to trust me that this is in the past. And I want you to know, because I want you to know about my life and that you have nothing to worry about. Yeah. That's great advice. That is great. Another fantastic answer. I don't know what to say. (laughs) You want to be mindful of also what they, like what the vocabulary is. Like if you say I used to hook up with this friend of mine, like you got to be very specific because a lot of people's imaginations will run wild. Well, what does hook up mean? You know, does that mean you still, you know, what does that mean? Sleeping or does that mean just like, you know, and so you want to just be as specific as possible. My, this friend and I had a night where we just went out and had a crazy night. That's it. Like you just want to, I think that's what I want. Right, the context say. of what the relationship was, you know, it's funny. I, I had so much animosity and anger towards Renee for so many years for having relationships before me. And she didn't have any, obviously since we were together, but I, I couldn't <laughs> let that go for whatever reason that, that she had this experiences that I didn't have. And it took a long time for me to really make peace with that. Uh, and I, I was actually angry about it. And you were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it can be really tough to imagine someone you like with somebody. Yeah. Else. And I, I, yeah, like I really up. like her. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard you guys yeah. got married. I heard you guys got married. Um, great. Okay. Great answers there all around. Uh, third question. I saw a guy come up on a dating app. I follow his girlfriend on Instagram and she's still posting with him. So I assume they're still together. Should I tell her? So girl sees guy on a dating app, but she follows his girlfriend and sees them posting together. So she's assuming they're still together. Should this friend say, hey, I saw your boyfriend on a dating app? Um, hmm. Well, it doesn't sound like they were friends. She said she followed her on Instagram. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. That that I I want to just quickly say that this question is first of all you should do in my opinion do absolutely right. nothing. Um, but more than that, you're assuming a lot of different things. Um, you're assuming that a people don't know this to delete your your Hinge profile. You actually have to go in there and go to account delete, not just delete the app. Sometimes we forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, uh. You don't know the posting frequencies, you know, you know, you're crunching some numbers where it's like, yeah, every week they post together. Now they stop. So I can assume that they're still together. There's just a lot of factors here that we have no idea about and probably better not to get to confuse the information. Alana, I'm seeing a smile from you. Am I? No, I, I, no, I, I agree. There are a lot of assumptions to be made. I think if you're, if you are fully aware, like if you do know that they are in fact together, it. We should we should definitely do a poll on this because we have such differing opinions. I it's hard. Okay, I had a I, and I actually ran a poll. I remember now on my personal Instagram last maybe a year and a half ago because a friend's ex boyfriend was in a very serious relationship, lived with the girl, and somebody texted her saying, "Hey, I know your ex is in a relationship, and I saw him at a bar make out with a girl who's not his girlfriend." And we all now had this information and we're like, what do we do? Do we tell her? Like, we don't know her. Um, and it was, it was really tough. And then they, they ended up getting engaged oh. and very shortly after. And we're all sitting there like, do we tell the fiance that weeks ago he was kissing another woman? And, and we, then they announced that they were having a baby and nobody did anything about oh. it. But... Uh, but weeks ago, you heard that he was kissing. You didn't see him kissing another person, did you? Somebody saw and texted 
my friend. See, that's like not how we're supposed to exchange information and control people's <laughs> lives. That's like somebody saw and texted you over a phone some that they thought they saw something. Well, we also had, they sent photos. So you have a photograph of this guy, for sure him, kissing yes. another woman that's not his very serious yes. girlfriend? Is it Governor Cuomo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it is Cuomo. Was it every guy we, who's cheated yeah. on me? <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, yeah, no, we had, we had photos. Okay. What then I then I then I think there's another piece of information that like why would because then you yeah, you send her the photo and say yo. Right. Because she's not gonna wanna hear it. And it, it, sometimes you have to let people find out for themselves. Yeah. Um yeah. it depends on how good if it's your best friend, I mean I think that then you're you're gonna yeah. tell. Well, let me ask you a question. If you're actively doing something like that, aren't you sort of expecting that that's going to get back? I mean, if you're doing something in public in this right. world of media and all the shit that's going on, yes. aren't you sort of... If you're out at a bar... Yeah, I mean, you're not being very smart, your... right? So what, what's the, you know, I think that... Which makes me wonder, was he, were they still, were you, maybe they were on a break. Maybe they were like on right. a break together. And like, that's not a good look to go hook up with someone else. But sometimes that's how we combat broken hearts. Some people haven't read books on how to get over somebody properly. And therefore they go out there and they, you know... Trust me, Renee like, makes a bad dinner. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not <laughs> well, um, the it's a complicated it's a complicated answer, and I think it's actually worth definitely doing some sort of investigation into. Yeah, we could do a whole uh, episode make, on. Well, why don't you guys yeah, just me those maybe, pictures and uh, I'll, yeah. I'll look over them. You'll yeah. be the judge of this, John. Yeah. Um, yeah well, to be continued, uh, we are very excited because this episode will be coming out. We're in the middle of our great collaboration for Mindset Wellness CBD. Um, everybody, uh, you know, we have we have seen other people as the code, MindsetWellnessCBD.com. And you guys uh, were excited just being each other's lives and continuing this. And um, glad our listeners got to hear. I mean, how often do listeners get to hear from the brand that is like sponsoring a podcast? You know, really yeah, cool. Thank you. Thank, you. Uh, thank you. So much gratitude. Um, we're excited to uh, to just keep this journey going, and uh, of course, please keep us posted on all things romantic and business as they develop. And uh, Alana, does we have a dating term of the week this week? What, what we, are we do. Um, every week we do a super bizarre new dating term, and this week's is cookie jarring. So cookie jarring is the reverse form of benching. So if you've been seeing someone and you haven't yet defined the relationship, and then you find out they've been seeing someone else behind your back, you've been cookie jarring. Oh, that always happens. So, <laughs> so you're being kept handy in case their other person doesn't work out. Or that other person is being kept handy in case it doesn't work out with you. Yeah. Is cookie jarring a bad yeah, thing? Yeah, right. Sounds okay. I don't it's know. I mean... A- I, I feel like that's what my mom's dating advice to me was, <laughs> is like always have someone else on deck. <laughs> so maybe it's not that bad. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I well, like cookies. Yeah. So. It's never too late to cookie jar. I love that I'm leaving with a new term. <laughs> I could like say to my kid. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to text them right now. They're Bill, not going to know jar? what it is. Your kids are not going to know what it is. I've never heard of this until today. <laughs> so. Well, great term. We'll do a poll. Let's see what people think about cookie jarring. And uh, thank you so much, guys. We will see you guys next Tuesday.